Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Fourth Estate, the show where journalists talk journalism. I'm Olivia Rosenman, and this week we're talking about drugs and alcohol and how journalists can cover these issues. I spoke with Dr. Stephen Bright, Senior Lecturer of Addiction at Edith Cowan University. Dr. Bright is the founder of AOD Media Watch, a new project that aims to highlight both good and bad examples of journalism regarding alcohol and drug-related issues. Stephen, why did you feel there was a need for a project like AOD Media Watch? So I'm Dr. Stephen Bright, Senior Lecturer at Edith Cowan University in Perth, and I have initiated the project Alcohol and Other Drugs Media Watch as a way to examine some of the poor reporting when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. I guess AOD Media Watch is similar to Media Watch that the ABC show runs, though with a focus on looking at reporting specific to issues relating to alcohol and other drugs. And the reason that I came up with the idea was that I'd experienced some poor reporting with regard to a particular story and I wrote uh, a letter to Media Watch and obviously they've got lots of other stories and so they weren't able to touch on that story. So I spoke to some people and they said it sounded like a really good idea and it very quickly evolved including a, a reference group involving a number of key experts from around Australia. How long has the site been running for? The site was launched at the VADA conference two weeks ago, though effectively the site's been running since probably January. Started putting a few articles up in January to test the website and then set up a Facebook page and a Twitter account so that there was a way of disseminating the articles as they were emerging. Through looking at what you've been doing, it seems like there's two main focuses for the project, and that is the fact that bad reporting of alcohol and drug-related issues can have a negative impact on society in the way that they understand and perceive these issues, and also it can have an impact on specifically on, on policymakers. If you can just talk a bit about how those two different groups are influenced and what are the consequences of those negative influences? Well, there's a few things that can happen with poor journalism when it comes to AOD-related issues. One problem is it can perpetuate myths, opinions, and create moral panic. And some of the research that I conducted during my PhD found that moral panics in the media can actually be detrimental in that counterintuitively it can lead to increased drug use and actually lead to increased deaths. So we've seen research overseas, for example where the reporting of people dying from a particular drug has led to increased curiosity about that drug and more people using it. So a bit like there's guidelines for journalists around the reporting of suicide, 
we believe that there should be similar guidelines for the media when it comes to reporting on AOD issues to make sure that there's ethical reporting taking place. Other issues that can happen is that it can perpetuate entrenched stigma for those people who use certain drugs. And this stigma, we know from research, limits people accessing healthcare services. And we also know if people internalise that stigma, they're more likely to feel marginalised from society, which can exacerbate their use of drugs and can contribute to addiction. Another issue with moral panics and sensationalising things is it often, again, has the opposite of its intended effect. So, for example, with the ads that have been running with regard to methamphetamine or ice, they often show the extreme end of what harms might occur. And similarly, journalists often report on the most serious harms that might occur. Now, if a young person reads that or sees that, that's incongruent with their experience of their friends who might be using a similar drug. And so what it does is discredits the information that they're getting through the media or through other channels. And it in turn discredits a lot of the education that they've been given. And so it's important that we don't sensationalise these things so that we provide people with information and education that takes a balanced view, information that might reduce the potential of harm occurring. And ideally, we don't want to sensationalise things because the research shows that by sensationalising it, people actually believe that more people are using the drug than actually are and it decreases their perception of the harm associated with the drug. Can you explain a little bit more what it might look like to provide information that promotes harm reduction rather than sensationalising? Well, the most recent article that we've got at the moment is an example of that, where we've looked at a story in the Herald Sun that looked at the electric parade and talked about GHB causing a, a number of overdoses. And what the journalist could have done is provided information to mitigate harm because people who use drugs generally know that there are risks associated and they want to mitigate the harm. So there's an opportunity there when journalists are reporting to provide information that might mitigate harms associated with use. So with GHB, for example, handing out syringes or telling people to use syringes to dose is a good harm reduction message because I suspect what happened at that particular event is that there weren't harm reduction facilities on site and so that information wasn't getting out. So people were just sort of putting the drug in their drink and they weren't able to keep track of how much they were actually taking. Obviously there's an issue because you've felt the need to start this project, but in general, how good or bad is the Australian media at reporting these issues? Well, we really only focus on the stories where we see that there's either an opportunity to improve reporting. Ideally, what we want to do is engage with the media. We want to engage with the journalists. We don't want to create this us and them and us critiquing the articles, but engaging with the journalists. And so in doing so, we've developed some guidelines for journalists. And some of those involve being wary of simplistic arguments, stigmatising language, considering different ways to tell the story and providing respect for the sources where they're getting the information, being sure not just to talk to first responders, which was the case in the GHB story, but also talk 
to people who have expertise in the particular drug that they're talking about and also ensuring that when they're reporting that the language that they're using doesn't create that increased curiosity and potentially increased use in the drug that they're reporting on in a similar way that we have ethical guidelines around the reporting of suicide. If a journalist reports about a suicide, you know, they, they need to be very careful about the way they frame it to prevent contagion. And we're always really sure to provide information like how to get help from Lifeline or so forth. And similarly, it would be important for journalists to include information about where they might get information about harm reduction or treatment if they're interested in getting that information. You're listening to Fourth Estate. The ABC is currently airing a documentary series called Ice Wars about the use and production of methamphetamine in Australia. What is your opinion of the way that ABC has approached the issue in this series? Well, I think the issue was that they sensationalised the story by framing it as an epidemic. And we know that there's not a nice epidemic. We know that there's an increase in harm related to the use of methamphetamine. But the actual number of people who are using methamphetamine hasn't changed. And we know that fear and stigma is unhelpful, as I've already mentioned. People are less likely to access treatment and that we know that those messages don't work on young people. And in turn, the fear drives poor policy and the policy is then focused on campaigns that are not evidence-based, rather they tend to be media-driven. The positive of that particular series is that I guess it's creating awareness and we know that the AOD treatment services are underfunded, particularly in Victoria. So by creating awareness, ideally there creates an opportunity to talk about the limited number of beds we have for rehabilitation and other important policies regarding treatment. So it's a dual-edged sword. I think that's really interesting. As myself, someone who has limited knowledge and experience with statistics around usage of ice, I certainly was under the impression, probably because of the media that I've been consuming, that there is an epidemic of ice, that it's a problem that's gotten a lot worse. And what I'm hearing you saying is that that's not accurate. So why do you think this happened? Where did this framing of the issue come from? I think because of the increased harm associated with the use of methamphetamine, it's created the opportunity for increased stories about people who have experienced harm, be it them the people who have been using the drug themselves or people who have been affected by people who have been using the drug. And so in turn, if you look at the number of news reports Regarding methamphetamine, there's been an increase in the media reporting and in turn what that leads to is something we call in psychology the availability heuristic. You base your beliefs and opinions on the most recent information that you see and so if every second day you're seeing on the front page of the Herald Sun a story about methamphetamine causing violence or methamphetamine causing some sort of other harm, then it leads the public to believe that there is this ice epidemic. War on drugs is a cliche that's often applied in news coverage. Do you think that it's appropriate? 
The war on drugs was coined by Nixon in the US in the 60s when he said that drugs were America's number one enemy. And so the war on drugs has come from US politics, really. It's been perpetuated through the media because it has such strong connotations associated, such strong imagery that comes with it. The problem with it is the war on drugs is not really a war on drugs at all. It's actually a war on people who use drugs. These are the individuals who are experiencing most of the harms associated with the activities of trying to police illicit drug use. The message that is important to get across is that the war on drugs is actually a war on people who are using drugs, who may be people's sons or daughters, partners, other family members. And I think as people become more aware of that, there is increasing recognition that the drug policies that we have in Australia are not working. They're not leading to any decrease in drug use. And so, in turn, I think the public are becoming more aware that there needs to be an alternative approach taken when it comes to drug policy with a focus on harm reduction, which is about accepting that people are going to use drugs, not condoning drug use, but finding ways of reducing the harm associated with drug use without necessarily reducing harm. And some examples of that would be there's a lot of debate in Victoria at the moment about establishing a medicalised supervising injecting facility. And similarly, there's a lot of talk across Australia at the moment around pill testing. These are examples of harm reduction. Do you think that the news media intentionally covers stories involving drug use in a sensationalist way because maybe it makes for more juicy stories that attract readers and clicks? Or is it possible that this kind of coverage is more of a symptom of the way that drug use is perceived in society more generally? I think it's a combination of the two. I think drug sensationalism and drug moral panics sell media, they sell newspapers. But at the same time, I do think many journalists don't have good information regarding many of the drugs that they're reporting on. They don't have good information on the implications that their reporting can have. And hence why we really want to bring journalists into the loop here when it comes to AOD Media Watch. We want to engage with them to build their capacity to understand how their reporting impact on not only people reading the stories, but the subsequent impact it could have on policy and also to increase their knowledge about the specific drugs so that they're not perpetuating potential myths. Other than the website, are you doing any outreach to news organisations or journalism schools? Yes. One of our reference group members is a freelance journalist and she's been invited to a number of universities to talk about the AOD Media Watch site, talk about the guidelines for journalists and ideally increase their understanding and knowledge around alcohol and other drug use issues the impact that the reporting of these issues could have on the public and policy and in turn hopefully the new journalists that are coming through over the next few years will have a better understanding of those issues and what we'll see is more objective and evidence-based reporting on alcohol and other drug use issues and in turn less moral panic and less stigma and misinformation. It's not just journalists that we want to engage in this process. Just like Media Watch on ABC, people can submit a story. We really encourage the public, if they uh, spot a story that they believe contains misinformation or is sensationalist, 
then they can submit the story via the AOD Media Watch website. And we also highlight exemplars of good media reporting as well. So we're trying to highlight examples of where our journalists have done a really good job on reporting on an AOD issue. We want to highlight that there are good examples out there. Are there any recent examples that spring to mind that you could give an overview of here? Following a story we did on the Chapel Street overdoses, Australian Associated Press put out a media release that was picked up by a number of outlets, including Nine News, and they highlighted the danger people might face in using uh, what's called reagent testing when they are trying to mitigate the risks associated with their use of MDMA because what we found through sending the capsules to Spain was that they contained a number of different drugs and that could actually trip up the the testing system that we have and only highlights the need for proper sophisticated pill testing in Australia. So I thought that was a good example of where they used an incident that's occurred and highlighted to people that as a consequence of the research that we did and published on the site, that people need to be careful in relying on reagent testing. You're listening to Fourth Estate and I'm speaking to Dr Stephen Bright, Senior Lecturer of Addiction at Edith Cowan University and the founder of AOD Media Watch. What about the portrayal of drug and alcohol use in popular culture, in movies and on the TV? Do you see that as being problematic and potentially having negative impact on the perceptions of alcohol and drug use? I think some of the information that we receive through movies and, and, and TV series when it comes to alcohol might be problematic because it demonstrates it as being a normalised part of society. We celebrate in Australia the fact that, you know, Booney drunk so many beers on the way to the UK. All of those things are unhelpful in unpacking the fact that alcohol is probably the the most harmful drug in terms of the cost that it has on society, both the economic cost and the cost that it has on families and domestic violence and all of those things. And so by separating that out, that can be unhelpful. I think in terms of the portrayal of drugs in more generally, you know, there's been a lot of debate about Breaking Bad and whether Breaking Bad has influenced people's use of methamphetamine and the research shows that it, it actually hasn't and if, if it did have any impact it would be similar to the impact that has occurred through sensationalisation that we see through drug education campaigns and media reporting but the research shows that it's had fairly minimal effect really on people taking up using methamphetamine if A person is going to use methamphetamine, whether or not they've watched Breaking Bad, is probably not going to have much of an impact. For those listeners who are working journalists, what advice would you give them when covering a story that involves alcohol or drug use? So obviously we would encourage all journalists that are reporting on alcohol or other drug issues to visit the AOD Watch website and have a look at some of the information that we've got to assist them in reporting on alcohol and other drug use issues. I think identifying that alcohol is a significant concern and causing significant harm in society is something that we 
tend to turn a blind eye to. So maybe it would be good to see some more balanced reporting. What my research has shown is that we see a lot more stories on illicit drug use causing harm than alcohol, yet the statistics show that alcohol causes significantly more harm than the illicit drugs. So balanced reporting with regard to alcohol and other drugs would be helpful. Understanding that many people, most people in fact, who use drugs don't experience problems associated with their drug use. They might use it for social or recreational reasons. And so trying to frame the person rather than framing them as somebody who's a drug abuser or an addict or a junkie, that language is really important, I think. I've seen recently a few stories talking about microdosing. Those are generally very positive stories. Mm. What do you think about those? I have to put forward my bias here. I'm Vice President of Psychedelic Research in Science and Medicine. I think we are seeing a renaissance in psychedelic science and those stories are portraying certain drugs, particularly psychedelics and MDMA, in a positive light because they're being used as medicines. In the same way, we're talking about medicinal cannabis in a completely different way. When you frame a drug as a medicine, then you talk about it in a very different way. Dr. Stephen Bright, thank you so much for your time and thank you for joining us on Fourth Estate. You're most welcome. Bye. That's it from us at Fourth Estate. Stay in touch on Facebook and on Twitter and you can listen to our episodes and all previous episodes on SoundCloud and any podcast provider. Bye.